Hey y'all, welcome back to Imani Talks Astrology. I am your host, <laughs> Imani. Could you imagine if this was like the Imani Talks Astrology podcast hosted by like Janet? Like that doesn't even make any fucking sense. Anyway, <laughs> I'm in my car right now, um, heading home. Uh, I've been working on the guide that I've been working on that's related to quite honestly it sums up everything that I've talked about in this podcast since it started um in a way that's helpful and to be quite honest while it does have a lot of astrology it allows you the space to see the intersections between you know spiritual life physical world blah 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 right and most importantly I guess it serves as a guide to let you know that I'm not just talking out of my ass and that there is something that you can reference to fact check me and then there are people that you can fact check to fact check the people that I'm sharing with you as well perfect it's mercury retrograde and I don't really feel like Recording. I don't even know what to talk about. Like, I mean, clearly, I, based on the title, whatever the title may be when I publish this, there's something to talk about. But, like, I feel like things and everything kind of speaks for itself right now. Um, We're approaching that final eclipse of the season. And it's just a lot of stuff going on right now talk about we got Chiron just went retrograde Neptune is retrograde most of the planets in the sky are retrograde right now it's was raining super hard I work for a tech company so it was very funny it started raining so intensely and for a moment everything went out the lights computers everything just kind of just shut off like for like a quick like in the blink of an eye and it was kind of like any form of communication is being drowned and kind of I guess blacked out by feeling And that's kind of what this Mercury retrograde is about, right? Our ability to communicate with each other, being intercepted by this deep and intense amount of feeling that we have kind of yet to address, whether it's in the interactions that we've had with people or with ourselves. I, for one... I've had the wildest dreams and I've just now come to the assumption that or I'm sorry not the assumption but the realization that everyone that's been in my dreams the last couple of days has been someone that I haven't told how I truly feel about the things that they've done to me and to be quite honest the ways that they violated my hmm my emotional boundaries 
I see that very clearly now. And for a lot of us, that's kind of what we face now and what we kind of work are, are working to kind of heal. And it could be that we have the opportunity because that person comes back physically. Or we have to work through it in our dream world because that person probably isn't coming back. Because that person probably didn't think that they did anything wrong, right? Or this person doesn't even know. And you never even knew that you were holding on to something about what they said or did or, you know, whatever the fuck. Whether it's a family member, whether it's someone you dated, whether it's a co-worker, a friend, you know, the list goes on and on and on. But it is deeply related to what is our limit. What is our soft spot when people are talking to us? Okay. The space, when people kind of prod and poke at the parts of you that you're really working hard to protect, and they kind of say or do something that triggers that right so that's one part of what we're talking about then the other aspect of things is the total I'm sorry partial lunar eclipse on I believe it is the 16th are you guys ready this is an interesting one um In short, I'll say we're seeing how hard it is to catch up with the pressure to change. But we're also facing this time in which we need to go back and reflect, but we're also being pushed to move forward. And so it's just like, what? So what we're going to do today, we're going to talk about each of the retrogrades or the ones that just happened during the cycle we're going to talk about this full moon and then we're going to talk about politics because fractality right you guys have seen what's been happening and we're going to talk about it because it has everything to do with this particular cycle right and everything that i just said so thank you so much for listening um Let's, I'm going to try to make this episode under an hour. If I'm successful, yay me. If not, hey, we'll try again next time. I don't think there's any tarot card association with this episode. At least not that I can think of right now. Um, but thank you so much for listening. We'll be back after this short break. welcome back um i had finished the episode days ago um but yesterday let me turn this fan off hold on i received um messages and and guidance that kind of clarified why I didn't publish it already 
the messaging wasn't it. While the intention, and while I'm going to talk about generally the same exact thing, I gave way too much attention to the people who don't deserve or need any more energy sent in their direction. So while I'll mention it briefly here, I will mention a bunch of other things as well. Today is Bastille Day, which is an important holiday to the French um, because it is representative of a important moment in their history. It was the moment in which this current iteration of the French country, of the French government, has came into existence. It is the anniversary of the storming of the Bastille, which many of us have likely seen in a painting. It was a time in which the French people said, yo, fuck the corruption, fuck all the bullshit, we will burn this bitch down, if y'all don't get it the fuck together. And they burned this bitch down. (laughs) Shout out to the French Um, people. As an entity, of course, we understand, you know imperialism which is trash um but in terms of the revolutionary spirit um of a group of people it doesn't get any more revolutionary than the french the french revolution would go on to inspire one of the largest slave um revolts and rebellions in the americas This, of course, is the Haitian Revolution. What this led to um, in the United States was the creation of slave codes or black codes. Um, Oh, wow. It's interesting that this conversation... I had a conversation with someone about this a while ago, and now it's becoming something that I'm talking about in the podcast. Fun. Um, What were black codes? Um, Basically, they understood and saw that, hey, this group of people that we have enslaved could possibly be inspired uh, by the success of a slave revolt, literally hundreds, or in some cases, depending on what part of the United States you're at, uh, thousands of miles away. Maybe we should gather that real quick. Maybe we should kind of put that on the low, right? So black people were then banned from being in spaces together, from praying together, and a number of other things um, that they believed would stop um, large-scale revolt or rebellion against 
slave owners and um, the government. Of course, uh, many years later, within that same century, um, we would then see that slavery becomes abolished um, after the Civil War, but on their own terms. What does any of this have to do with anything? So the word of the day, and I do apologize for it in advance, you guys who follow me on Instagram know that I stand at dictionary.com. The world is, the word is raison de truth. I do apologize for butchering that. I don't speak French. Um, which means the reason or justification for being or existence. What is an act of rebellion? What is the igniting of the revolutionary risk-taking spirit within one? I would often say, or what I would, I would say is that it is a kind of activation or awareness of reason or justification for being or existence and in a moment realizing that it is so much greater than what other people have assigned to us or what other people have kind of told us um, it is a moment that usually is sparked in that being diminished or someone's attempt to take it away and that kind of relates to some of the conversations that I've had with clients over the last couple of weeks where it's like one of the main things that people have had to deal with is the transactional nature of relationships. The card that kept coming up to show and demonstrate that was the Six of Pentacles, which of course pictures two people on the ground begging a man who has a scale in his hands and he has, you know, money and uh, is wearing very kind of like fancy, expensive clothes. It's about give and take. What you're willing to give and take and what you're, and what the other person is willing to give and take as well. Most of the people that I've talked to, wait a second. Sorry, I thought I was gonna sneeze. Um, have been on the end of being taken, people taking and taking and taking and taking and taking from them. Um, and of course, this being representative of a crossing of boundaries. In most instances, people that I was talking to weren't enforcing their boundaries at all. Um, or they were crafting their boundaries around the needs and wants of other people. Okay, so let's get into the discussion about the political things. So I can say it now and not say it again. This week has been um, 
incredibly or the last two weeks have been incredibly intense we have had Jeffrey Epstein being arrested um R. Kelly has been arrested um we have seen this skirmish between the British government and Iran we saw Donald Trump's military phallic pissing contest that he had with just himself because no one showed up for it um, on July 4th. It's been a lot. Um, one thing... Oh, and then uh, I believe one of the major city We've had the earth... Oh, yeah, we've had the earthquakes um, in LA and Seattle. There is a tropical storm approaching New Orleans. What I'm going to say, and I, this may be annoying, um, but you guys, quite honestly, pray. Um, send prayer, send love. If you, there are organizations, I haven't done the research to see that we can send particular resources or anything to, you know, support your friends um, who have family um, that are living in any of these particular areas. We can't let fear um, take over in this moment, in this time. Um, but we can be very realistic, right? As well. Um, anyway, <laughs> I know how people feel about sending thoughts and prayers. It is a very important part of the process. It just is. Um, any space in which there has been um, some sort of change, um, whether it be a revolutionary change or a desire to protect has been backed by the power of prayer. This is a fact. Um, there is, and I'll put this in the guide, um, a podcast episode that Amber Khan did about time, um, and, uh, the power of prayer in which there were people who were sick. Um, just to, sorry, this is a tangent, but I do just want to stress that this is important. <laughs> um, people who were sick, um, with this, um, disease, um, and they did an experiment where they had, um, people pray for each of um the people and then of course some people did not get prayed for right um and what they found is that the people who were prayed for were able to heal the funny and wild crazy part and thing about it is that they were praying for people that had this disease maybe like 50 years ago I know I probably am leaving out something that makes this make sense. However, it is, fuck, it was insane. I was like, my mind was like, when I heard it, right? It kind of talks about how time, one, is not linear, and two, how prayer, especially in, um, among uh, a large group um, of people, is incredibly powerful um, and can provide people with protection. And so sending that pe- towards people, um, Amanda Ellis did a video about this. It literally was about like the earthquakes and all that stuff. And she talked about um, just that very thing that, you know, how powerful it is to, to pray for people. You know, if you don't have any other resource or thing that you can give to something, we're not being people who are complacent about the issues of the world. Duh. Um, you know, if you don't have any other resources or anything else to send, why wouldn't you send that? Just saying. Anyway, getting back to the point. 
um, we've seen this kind of boiling, this really kind of boiling and this really kind of heavy point that we're kind of reaching in a lot of different spaces across um, the world. I also believe that there was an earthquake in Indonesia as well. We've had these issues that have been happening in Sudan. It is just, this summer has been very um, intense. It's been this kind of, uh, as Amanda had described it, this purging of all of this really kind of intense, you know, energy or these things that have been kind of in the works or, or kind of boiling anyway for quite some time that we've yet to kind of address as a people. I think it's worth mentioning that Mars and Uranus are square each other right now. And I always point that to, um, it's a fighting energy. Um, it's an intense buildup. It isn't quite war, but it definitely is um, very, again, intense um relationships between people oftentimes it can result in fighting or disagreements whether that's on um a personal level mm. sorry i'm drinking water um or in in a on a geopolitical scale as well the nature of the square between mars and I'm sorry, between Leo and Taurus is one in which there it's oftentimes centered around greed. Well, this makes perfect sense when we're talking about the um, Iran-Britain um, skirmish that just happened. Um, definitely go check out MB. I'm not going to talk about any particular news source. Go check out the news because fuck them. Go check out the news um, and uh, what's it called? any news outlet or source that you trust um, to kind of get a little bit more information about that. I definitely would suggest looking at, if you're in the United States, um, foreign uh, newspapers because and, and news sources uh, because oftentimes they're a lot more honest than the ones in the United States are, unfortunately. Anyway, um the nature between the Leo Taurus square is that of greed. There is, ooh, the, the cicadas agree. Um, it's one in which oftentimes people do not want to give up um, a particular way of life or a particular way of doing things for the sake of maintaining, whether it be some sort of power um, or confidence or sureness. It also, you know, in its worst, has the form, the tendency to be very kind of egotistical, um, a bit narcissistic, um, and it definitely is about structures and um, and foundations of things. This is happening in. Hold on one second, because the chart that I have in front of me is not the one that has the ascendant that I posted the other day. This is happening in the sixth house and the ninth house of the lunar eclipse chart. So the sixth, oh, the sixth house is related to toil um, and struggle and fighting. Um, it, you know, it has its relationship to service 
Um, but in this instance, we can kind of think about it as like the service or the desire or the need to create um, some sort of change that will allow um, greater or long-term stability. Um, And then we have the ruler of um, of Uranus. Uh, Uranus and Taurus chilling in the eighth house. Um, So it's a lot of the ideas related to power have to do okay this is the part where the resources come in have to do with other people's resources um possibly a debt that's kind of owed you know if this makes sense to you in in terms of your personal life go for it i'm just talking about it in case of um this whole britain iran thing that's happening right now which is definitely something that we should watch um it's also important and, and worth mentioning, you know, as I mentioned those other things like R. Kelly and Jeffrey Epstein, you know, this is a reckoning of sorts. This is only the beginning um, of people being held accountable for the things that they've said the things that they've done, um, especially when those things have violated the space, the power, the will of other people. There was a quote, like I said, it's a, a purging. It is a purging. Damn, did I not save it? I don't think I saved it, y'all. Um, Adrian Marie Brown had a quote in which she was saying, you know, like, right now, things are not getting worse. They are just coming to the surface, you know, they're, we're just having an awareness of things that have been going on forever. And now it is a time in which the universe has come around and said, yo, it's time to pay dues, you know. Um, And this is something that will be experienced, you know, collectively. Um, It's also something that you will face you know, individually as well, especially when it comes to this, this dynamic of, um, uh, 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 sorry, my mind is like, um, this dynamic related to patriarchy, um, we just kind of like, again, uh, a reckoning, um, that's going to happen, and we will either be steered in the direction of, you know, absolving, um, the wrongs, uh, or of heading and, you know, further and deeper into them. Let me read a quick passage, um, from The Spiral of Life. As as I've said before, I definitely recommend that you get this book if you haven't already. After I talk about this, we'll talk about the chart for the day. Um, 
While at the full moon, lunar eclipse, the past is obscured by the present, the earth. This means to us that each eclipse, some of the earth's karma is being symbolically activated. So, um, let me see. What was the other part that I wanted to read? Uh-huh. At a lunar eclipse, our awareness of our past is symbolically destroyed. The earth blots out the moon's light and we're forced to incorporate our ways of living into a larger purpose or be ourselves burned out by the purpose we refuse to see what was the word of the day raison de true reason or justification of being or existing right so we again are at this point in which we are being asked to choose that or to be moved backwards or to be consumed you know energetically by what we refuse to move past in the case of imperialism and this really ridiculous control that Western countries are trying to have over Southwest Asia. We not calling that the Middle East because Middle East of what? I shouldn't even be saying Western countries. European countries, um, including the United States and their um, power that they would like to kind of have over uh, the, again, Southwest Asia, uh, and the Arab world. Another way to say it. Um, And so with that, and we can even kind of see the same thing with this dynamic in um, our own country uh, in which we face the Jeffrey Epstein, the R. Kelly, all of these people who have done something or they have operated in a way that has been against the will of other people, utilizing their power to diminish um, the power of other people and really in a way operating in this kind of old frame work um, of existence that just is not acceptable anymore. Because let's be real, you know, these people got away with the shit that they got away with because it was acceptable because people with money um, and power, people with fame for a very long time have been untouchable, especially during the age of... um, Pisces in which we see this uh, putting of people on a pedestal. One of the things that we are learning about in the age of Aquarius, we see this, the emergence of like cancel culture and the, this emergence of this revolutionary kind of spirit in which people are looking to really hold people accountable for their actions by any means necessary. Again, cancel culture is a, a result of that. It is this um, putting people back to the place that they are, right? It's this moment in which we say, you having X amount of money, you doing this does not make you special. It does not mean that you are above the law, which is what we've done to people when we put them on this pedestal, right? And I say we because, again, this is a collective thing that we're kind of working through and dealing with. Cancel culture, of course, is the very extreme kind of pendulum swing from of um what's it called 
from idolization, yeah, that's the word that I was looking for, um, to this kind of metaphorical guillotine that we put people on, um, (laughs) you know, in order to hold them accountable for the things that they say or do. Um, And so we will continue to kind of see this... um, this show or this this um this narrative kind of play out in more and more extreme ways because again as the book had said the past is obscured by the present it doesn't matter what we used to do it doesn't matter what used to be acceptable right now in the way that the tides are turning um in the way that we see this empowering of the divine feminine and we see this kind of balancing of the scales in terms of um masculinity and femininity in the world granted it is far from perfect at this time but it's okay we're getting there it's not getting worse remember that it's not getting worse let me have this very quick aside the right now neptune is retrograde the thing that i love the most about Neptune retrograde is literally my favorite retrogrades because Neptune is a very difficult planet to deal with. When Neptune stops and begins to make its journey backwards, it is a time period we have six months in mix six months in which the veil per se that we associate with um, Neptune illusion different things like that is dropped, um, and it is. Everything that we see and experience is its true form, right? It's for a moment, the swirling, elusive nature of everything just kind of stops. I need you to remember, and as we have talked about this before, media is a Neptunian beast. Maybe that's a very extreme word to use, but hey. There is the purpose of and the way that news unfortunately is utilized, we are in an age of propaganda. Whether you believe whether you think that's the case or not, we are. Um you know, we're in the era of fake news, right? This is, you know, while it's something that <laughs> Donald has used himself, it is something to quite honestly describe the news period. You know, he was pretty accurate about that. Um, As I've said many times before, media programming is utilized to keep you in fear-based programming. They want you to believe that things are getting worse. They want you to believe that it's impossible to do anything because they don't want you being inspired to do something different, right? You understand this, got it, okay, cool, perfect. That doesn't mean don't be informed about the things that are happening in the world, I don't mean that by any means, but it does mean that you need to peel back the layers and find the truth from what it is that you see. Um, And again, like Adrienne Marie Brown said, you know, it's not getting worse. There is a bunch of things that we see coming up to the surface things that have yet to be addressed that have been going on forever. You know, the, the detention camps, the, I mean, the concentration camps, all of these different things 
None of these things are new. They want us to associate all of these things with one person because it's very easy to direct people's attention to things that are symptoms um, of a greater disease. That's kind of what allopathic medicine is like, right? It doesn't necessarily address the the core issue that's there. It's not holistic. Um, Our systems in the ways, our systems in themselves are not holistic systems, you know? And so us, you know, as people who are well-informed about the way that the world is or trying to become well-informed about the way that the world is, have this responsibility to look at things holistically. We can say Donald Trump is a fucking dickhead because he fucking is, but we can also say that the same structures and ways that our country has been existing, this has been going on since this hoe first started. This has been going on since 1776. It's not new, you know? We've always been this type of country in which we diminish the um, the value um, of particular groups of people. Nine times out of 10, these groups of people are, are melanated, right? Um, you know, again, going back to the post that I had, had did with the, you know, the American Fireworks post, all of the different pictures that I had posted after, none of this is new. This is the same story, the same you know, thing, you know, being done over and over and over and over and over again, you know, and we're at a point, I think, where lots of us are like, this is enough. We're not letting this be, you know, the case anymore. So I say that all that to say this, let's take a step back and talk about the chart um, for the eclipse. So on the ascendant, we have Sagittarius, in the in the first house and conjunct the ascendant we have what we have jupiter remember the idea that the ascendant is the helm it is what steers us it is what leads us into a particular direction what is at the center of our helm at this time what is steering us and what's guiding us is our beliefs our guiding principles the areas in life in which we feel called to take risk. I really like the idea of it being referred to as our guiding principles because when we think about it, you know, what guides you or your belief system, whatever it may be, your philosophies, how you feel about life, the way that you'd like to grow, what you see of yourself, Um, who you see yourself becoming, right? All of that kind of being centered around this one aspect of you. What What do I believe in? What is guiding me? What is my guiding light? You know, what is my North Star? And I would hope that for most people, your North Star is yourself. And I feel like right now, the last couple of weeks or this coming few weeks that you'll have, have been very difficult for you emotionally in a way that allows you to see where you are distancing yourself or steering yourself away from your North Star, away from your guiding principles, 
away from your beliefs, um, away, away from your philosophies that you have for yourself. And there being this incredibly intense amount of pressure that is being put on us um, and this kind of emotional and sometimes physical, um, mental, financial, spiritual um, pressure and draining that we feel because of our inability to lead by those things. The center of your guiding principle should be yourself. Not in some very like selfish, narcissistic way, but in a way where it's like, hey, what is my purpose? That word, right? Raison de true. What is my purpose? What is my reason for... Oh my God, I'm butchering that word. I'm so sorry. <laughs> what is my reason for existing? What is my purpose for being, right? Going back to that, North Star, highest self, star player, right? Your star player being your highest self. Are you aligned with that person? Is the transactional nature of your relationships reflective of that? So we have a stelium in the eighth house and we have a stelium in the um, second house. Um, the eighth house being um, all of the Cancerian Cancer planets and all of the... <sighs> the... Um, Uh, all the Capricorn planets being in the South Node, right? So the South Node or the Moon being in the place of things that are held on to, the North Node being in the place of things that are to be let go of. So let's interpret that. Being that Pluto is there, Saturn is there, what comes up or what is blotted out by the present, which is the earth, right, is all of the structures, all of the trauma, all of the fears, limitations, um, that we feel like define or keep us secure or stable. These are the things that are a really big part of our value system, whether we see it or not. These are some of the things that shape and build our beliefs. This is the the physical embodiment. This is the tangible material embodiment of our belief systems, of our guiding principle. This is how these things have showed up in our world. We are being asked, do we like that or do we not? And in most instances, no, especially in spaces in which our boundaries, our needs, our authority, our personal power, and our ability to empower others has been compromised by something outside of us. 
And so the North Node in the eighth house asks us to let go of, or in a way, I guess, re <laughs> this is a weird way of saying this, but it's kind of like a repotting of a plant, right? Where it's like, we have outgrown the pot that we're in to the point where our root system outnumbers the amount of soil. Yeah, and we cannot continue to grow in this existing foundation. It has to be in another one. So a momentarily, a moment in which we, just for a second, just to test it out, just to see what it feels like, we are asked to forget about all of those things that we have an allegiance to that literally have absolutely fucking nothing to do with us or what it is that we need or want for ourselves, right? And that's a pretty difficult thing to ask, you know, especially if you are someone who has a lot of Capricorn placements. I feel like you guys are having the hardest time letting go. I feel like Aries and Cancerians to a certain extent. No, actually, no, I think all the cardinal signs are having a difficult time. You know, I think it depends on where people are in their development in terms of what they're ready for. But um, definitely, I think with Capricorns, it's, it's been very difficult because this entire process has felt incredibly personal. And it's kind of felt like you are being attacked or your way of life or your way of existing, your own personal mission. You're being told to abandon that in a way. And it's like, how and why am I supposed to do that? Like, this is the thing, like, this is the thing that you guys, I'm signed up to do and you won't let me do this thing. And it's like, I mean, you can, but like not right now. And maybe in a way that's a little bit different. Maybe it's time to go back to the drawing board. And I don't think you guys like that. It's okay, you guys will figure it out. We have Neptune trine Venus and the North Node. So that kind of wishful energy that's there as um, Venus is kind of getting up to a, a conjunction with the North Node we will definitely see that our interpersonal relationships, we have a, going back to what I was saying about the transactional natures of our relationships, we, and lots of times are realizing for many of us that we gave so much more than was asked of us. And in some instances, it was very easy to even take more than we were asked to take. If this makes sense. Um, and so kind of having to go to this space where we evaluate, reevaluate, like, what is it that I'm willing to give to nur nurture and provide for someone else, whether it's romantically or even in friendship, and just being very kind of honest about that. And in some ways, again, because Venus is answering to the moon in, in Capricorn on that day, 
kind of seeing that the things that we were giving and doing were really kind of based off of this old system, right? This old paradigm of, um, of relationships, of authority, of power, and even of trauma. And to kind of realize that that was the place from which we were loving people, you know, um, again, whether that's your friends, your family, whoever it may be. And so, you know, having that moment and that opportunity to really kind of talk to yourself and be like, yo, like, there's a better way to do this. There's a way to do this that doesn't require me to sacrifice um, some part of myself or even compromise some part of myself and my beliefs to be able to interact and give to other people you know it's on the midheaven in the the chart is libra um so again it is about what's fair the thing that libras have to learn um that we all have to learn is that relationships are give and take and that we cannot find ourselves consumed in the needs and wants of other people at the expense of our own this is also something that's kind of came up in a, in a lot of readings because people are asked to choose um, it's a choice. It's a yes or a no. It's an opposition, right? Um, and so it, I think what's important to note and understand is the longer you hold up, the longer you wait, this really kind of intense, you know, energy is building in the background. It's the, that Mars uh, square to Uranus right and greed is you know although it's something that's oftentimes associated with you know like bad people you know we all experience things like greed right in some way or another or this kind of ability or desire to kind of really like power hoard or to just hoard whether it's the love of someone or we feel addicted to or consumed by you know, this need to kind of show up in a particular way because like, I'm supposed to do this and I have to, you know, and it's like being able to kind of like break up with that idea before things reach a a boiling point that can't be resolved. Something, you know, with a, a square, something has to give. Someone has to compromise, right? And, you know, in some instances, and that's also the nature of, um, uh, Libra as well. It's it's diplomacy. Things have to be kind of fair. And then Jupiter even itself is about fairness and about, you know, morality. It's about, you know, the judge, the jury, the lawyer, you know, this is in a way this kind of like universal metaphysical like kind of court of law that we're in right now where we're really being asked to check ourselves and kind of see in what ways we are accountable for the things that are unfolding in front of us in our own lives and in what areas of our life we're putting this additional pressure on us because we refuse to let go or make space in some particular way that will allow us to be in alignment with the things that make sense for us with the things that are aligned with our guiding principles, um, with the things that steer us, with our North Star, right? And so that's ultimately what this is all about. And that's why it feels so intense, because in a lot of ways, you know, these are things that, issues that have (laughs) kind of been around for 
literally months, years in some cases. Um, I've heard a lot of people referring back to the year 2017. Yeah. Like, what's going to give? You know, 2017, that's when I accepted a job that did not align with my guiding principles. And for those who know me, and this is something that I wanted to talk about during the eclipses of last year, but I couldn't because I was still with that employer. You know, God forbid they find this podcast. Anyway, you know, because of that and because I was in a way so far away from my North Star, I suffered. I was miserable. I had many emotional breakdowns, you know, at that job. And that also is an element of the the North Node in Cancer because that's the being in the eighth house. It's this point of release, right? It's this point of letting go. And so a lot of these emotions and feelings, whether it be anger, um, (laughs) sadness, confusion, anxiety, all the feels, right, are just kind of like just coming out of us, right? Just being purged. And it's all from this inability to say, yo, I cannot do this thing anymore. And so I want to tell people this because I know that, you know, if you're, you know, well, anyway, going back to what I was saying, you know, I just got a new job back in April. And this is one that is so much more aligned with the next iteration of whatever the fuck I'm about to do. What I will say is that at my previous job, there were people um, that I was surrounded with, even in that period of time, that served as reminders, that served as way makers. Um, sorry, I got distracted. Um, way makers for, um, for my North Star. They're like, yo, it's this way. It's this way. I met so many people who were amazed by astrology. Um, I've met people who, you know, are also into the esoteric. Um, The necklace that I wear every single day was wrapped by um, Rachel, who owns um, Seed of Light. Definitely check her out. Um, Who is, you know, there were so many people whose North Star, you know, or some part of their being called to that particular aspect of myself. And it served as a reminder every day that the space that I'm in is not one that's going to cultivate or allow space for me to be or do that thing, you know? And now I I have a job that, again, allows me to get to that next level and to that next place. It was, I was looking for a job for over a fucking year. So I don't want to say that this is easy, But what I will say is that the universe does reward you for realigning your guiding principles. If you need to save money to escape a particular situation, if you need to find people, if you need resource, whatever the fuck it may be, you know, you just have to say no. You have to, as as difficult as that may be, you know, it sucked to go to that job every single day, especially like talking to like my boss and listening to them like talk about the future and like, 
you know, give more in this way and this and da 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 da. And I'm like, I do not want to be here. But yo, I played that game until it was time to go. And like when I left, it was a time in which things were just so chaotic, so chaotic. And to be quite honest, I wasn't able to leave until the moment in which I was willing to choose myself regardless of any of those things. And we can tell ourselves, this is not for me. You know, we can consciously know like, yeah, I don't need to be doing this. But when our subconscious mind is hell bent on steering us in the wrong direction, we have to kind of do and this work from with inside to really kind of fortify ourselves this is that element of releasing all of the feelings why do you feel like you have to steer your life based on this direction of particular people is it because of we live in you know a capitalist world and you need to have enough money you know you have to have this particular type of job you have to do you know there's a number of reasons and things that are kind of stacked uh, against us and a lot of different reasons why not to kind of do and go in the particular direction that we feel called into. And this eclipse is saying, how much longer are you going to let things that quite honestly have nothing to do with you steer or push you into what you think is for you? This is the last thing I'll say before I go. So Amber Khan, I caught her on her live the other day and she was talking about Um, the traits of uh, people who maintain, who are wealthy, but also are able to maintain their wealth. And she said the personality trait that they all have in common is that they are quick to make decisions and they're slow to change things regarding that decision, right? She talks about this in terms of trusting your gut trusting the direction that you feel kind of called to go into the risk-taking adventurous nature the very i'm sure of myself i know what it is i know what the fuck i'm doing is very much so a very fire sign energy it's embodied by aries it's embodied by leo it's embodied by sagittarius and in a way with the ascendant of course being at uh Sagittarius we have Chiron in Aries right now and we have um Mars in Leo at this time all of these fire planets really just kind of pushing us and really just kind of revving you know our our engine and getting us excited about taking risks and making jumps and you know towards things that we need and want for ourselves that wild thing that you and it's probably not even wild it's probably actually something very practical (laughs) that you need for you that just seems like oh this seems fucking impossible because this and that and and it's like no it's not you know that inkling and that risk that you wanted to take put the steps and the things in motion to allow that to exist why not let's do it let's go you know 
um, these are the things, again, that guide us, that lead us. These are the, the reason for being, the reason for existing. This eclipse, you know, it's so much about releasing all of these things related to anybody that's not us and really kind of realigning with what it is that we need for ourselves, okay? And so being able to trust your gut and your intuition, if you feel like a space is not for you, if you feel like something that you're doing right now just doesn't make sense long term if it isn't a part of that reason for being that reason for existing you know it's time to let it go and not saying that you have to do it tomorrow or in the next few weeks but being allowing yourself utilizing that saturnian capricorn energy remember we talked about this before um last week or it's like the same approach um and meticulousness that we apply to maintaining all of these things outside of ourselves let's copy and paste that and put that onto something that's related to us and what we want for ourselves if you again like i said if you need to save money if you need to start talking and connecting with people this okay disagree yet again um do it now start it now and in addition to doing those things practically allowing for that internal and emotional movement that exists within you as well um, to kind of change because again our environment and our things outside of us and our current um, belief systems our current um, guiding principles we see those and how they're reflected around us and if you don't like it you have the opportunity to change it and I definitely would encourage you to do so all right, I didn't really talk about Mercury retrograde. I I understand that Mercury is in Leo right now. This is much so I, in my way that I'm interpreting and, and understanding this, this is really a very, very Cancerian Mercury retrograde. Even though Mercury is going to still be in um, Leo up until the day of the eclipse, and even a couple of days after, most of it is spending time in um, Cancer. Uh, all of the Leo action help happening in the ninth house. So all of the beliefs, um, all of the opportunities of expanding the mind are informed by the emotional baggage that we carry, right? And so we take this space where we're like, well, I believe this and I want this for myself, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, having to, you know, this idealized way in which we kind of look at that thing for ourselves, um, and having to kind of go back and be like, uh, this, okay, based on all of this shit that I see here, all that shit that I was talking about before that I thought I was interested in doing, that doesn't make any fucking sense right and so having the strength and and the courage to kind of reroute to replant repot yourself um and again realign with that north star all of this shit is related anyway i'm done thank you so much for listening um if you're interested in a personal reading message me also if you have events um and you're in the i'm not even going to say that if you're in the dc metro area you have events and you would like me to do readings whether it be tarot or astrology, contact me, reach out to me. 
Um, if you just want a reading for yourself, contact me, reach out to me. If there are festivals in your area and you live on like the East Coast and you would like to see me there and you'd like me to offer my services to people that are in your area, right now I'm really kind of focusing on building, um, you know, expanding outside of like my apartment <laughs> and talking into my phone <laughs> and really kind of getting out there in the community and talking to people and all that good stuff. Um, so if you're down and interested in doing that, um, or being a part of that or helping me be a part of that, wherever it is that you live, again, if you're on the East coast, I am willing to go all the way up to the state of Maine and I'm willing to go as low as like South Carolina. If you live in any of those spaces, um, let me know. I definitely would be down, um, to make a road trip to, to vend at a festival or just talk to people, throw a workshop, whatever it may be. I'm down. Just let me know. Um, if you just want to leave a tip, the PayPal link is in the description box. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate the support. I appreciate the love. I will talk to you guys next week and that episode will be a lot more fun. I promise. Thank you guys. <laughs>